You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 10, episode 63. I'm John, and tonight joined by Scott. You good? I'm good, thank you, yeah. And joined by Ian from the Tottenham Army Magazine. How you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. Hope you both are too. Yeah, doing good, aye. Uh, just before we kind of kick off in terms of the the preview of the Scotland games, the latest magazine's out, the famous Tottenham Army Magazine. Yes, last week, it, wasn't it? Sorry? Last week it came out. Yeah, just out last week, just after the squad announcement. Um, so yeah, delighted this out. And um, your co-host, John Bleasdale, has contributed some fantastic articles to it so well happy with that um and yeah it's free to view on tartanamimagazine.com i had a wee scan through some of it yesterday i even uh seen that you managed to get a wee bit about the squad in as well it was like yeah. a, was that a real last minute edition it was yeah well kind of well as usual like trying to pull it all together and get it out in time is always quite difficult and there's always wee hitches as with graphic design and misprints and wrong names and yeah. all the usual things that go with trying to pull it all together. So it gave us actually a wee bit longer knowing that the squad was coming out on the Tuesday. Um, we were going to bring it out the weekend, but we wait until Tuesday for the squad to see if there was any new faces in it, and there was. Um, yeah. And just to give it kind of a wee up, to keep it up to date, because it's only every so often we bring the magazine out. So it's nice to reflect on the, the last campaign to all the qualifiers, and look forward to the World Cup qualifying game. So, yeah. Yeah. I take it there's another one before the Euros coming out. Yeah, that's the one we're already working on, the Euro special. Been a, <laughs> since we started the magazine way back in 2005, we've been waiting to actually qualify. So, it's, yeah, we're putting all, all our efforts into the Euro special. Definitely. Um, I've already got, well, John's interviewed uh, Andy Roxborough. Yeah, um, yeah. And we've got Jim McCallyog, who scored that famous goal at Wembley in 1967, is going to be talking to us as well. So, cool. yeah, just looking forward to it all. Yeah. Ah, it's good. No, it's exciting times. Uh, ah, as you say, there's some new faces in the squad. We may as well kick off straight away with the squad. I think general reaction to the squad is pretty good. There's maybe the odd name here and there, which we'll go through as we talk about the squad, that there could have been cogs for to be in the squad. And maybe there's maybe some in there you think I uh, should they be in just now in terms of form and different things like that but it is what it is we've got the squad was it 28 men I think is it down is it down to 27 now that Ryan Jack's been called off with injuries it's uh, a pretty big squad but obviously we've got a triple header so it's taking into account things like that with injuries I would imagine there'll be no replacements I don't know if you can once the bubble how early you could bring in someone or how late you can bring in someone more like with a bubble and everything like that. But we've got we've got a big enough squad anyway, so I don't think it'll become an issue. Um, so we may as well kind of talk about straight away the new faces in there. I suppose the big one, which was a surprise, but not a surprise in a way, because Scotland have been tracking them for a while. Shea Adams at Southampton. What's your thoughts, guys? Well, personally, I'm delighted. Like the strikers, we've always been a bit... Um... You know, we've been crying out for strikers. So he seems to be a player in form. Um, so, yeah, you know, Ireland did it a long time ago and it was successful for them to bring in people who 
qualified by just having a pint of Guinness virtually. So although I've although I've still it's a pint of Terence for us then eh? It's a pint of Terence. She had a pint of half. Yeah, and a whiskey. So you know, go back to the way it used to be. These days are kind of gone where you had to be born and or it was your parents. So He's a player in form. He's chosen to play for Scotland. He could have had other options. I know he's played for England uh, under twenties. So I'm just delighted he's committed himself to to Scotland. Um, it's had a kind of mixed response, I think, from fellow fans. You know, some people are saying, "Well, why didn't you commit before? It's only because we've qualified." But we're crying out for strikers, so I'm happy personally. Ah, uh, you know what? If he scores a winner against England, no one will be saying anything, will they? No, exactly. Go back to Don is a perfect example. Exactly, yeah, and there's been many players through the past that have been born in England and or different places, so I'm personally more than happy, yeah. Yeah, I think I can understand um, people being a bit um, dubious because they didn't, you know, accept invitations before rather than those who just point blank say he's not born in Scotland, so we don't, we don't take him. I've never ever understood that. I've never, you know, got that. Um, it's Scotland should be a welcoming country. People come up and stay here for 30, 40 years and believe they're more Scottish than wherever they were born. Um, Scott McTominay, I know for a fact, has a real huge Scottish family, you know, that live in places like Helensburgh and stuff like that, and he travels up when he can and you know, his gran is from up here and things like that. So he is very proud to be Scottish. There's some players who maybe aren't, you know, as proud to be Scottish until they play for the national team. And then, you know, they, they get down to the nitty gritty of playing for the national team. And, you know, players like James Morrison recently was more proud to be Scottish than maybe somebody like Barry Ferguson who would get called to, you know, have a, a sniffle and would call off. Um so, and as Ian said, we need more strikers, more positivity in the final third. It had a really good goal-scoring record in the championship with Birmingham. Um, and he's just, at the moment, had a, a rich vein of form. Was it three in his last three or yeah, three yeah. in his last four uh, for Southampton? Um, and... I'll be interested to see where he fits in, and I think he will start. But it would just be interesting whether he he starts with Dykes. It would be, you know, would we start with two strikers? That would be an interesting one. Aye, we may as well talk about the up top, the up front options anyway. First of all, because there's another new name as well with Kevin Nesbitt, who I thought should have been called up the last time. Whereas this time, you could actually question his decision slightly. The fact he's not been in the team much at Hib since the transfer to Birmingham fell through or they get rejected. Um, however, I do think he will be a good addition. Again, something a wee bit different up front. Um, and earlier on in the season, he was scoring goals for fun. So, again, for lacking goals, get guys in that can score goals, then hopefully we can come up with the, the perfect two or one or whatever we, we go with. I don't think Dykes has been on fire just recently, but, um, you know, so it might be good. And that would be great for two up front. Oh, that'd be absolutely fantastic. But yeah, I think it'll be horses for courses as well. I don't know if necessarily we'll play two up front against Austria, but we did play two up front against Israel the last time we played them. 
yeah. with McBurney and Dykes. No, I think McBurney will start. I think McBurney is very much plan B. Um, and Clark almost alluded to that himself when he t- he was on Sky last week talking about the squad. Um, I think Dykes is still number one striker, even though he's not been in great form for QPR. Um, he's been good for Scotland, and I think he will start. Um, however, yeah. I did, he, at the weekend he scored at the weekend, and by all accounts had a good game. So. Yeah, I think that was his first of the year. I think Clark's very, you know, looking at his squad that he's picked there just now, I think he is very loyal to players that have kind of turned up for him and, you know, put in a, a, a shift. Um, Dykes came at the right time for Scotland and really shook us up in terms of our frontline options. And I think Clark does um, respect. Um, and I think he's also, you know, he's thankful for players like Dykes and Adams to take confidence in Clark to, to then say, OK, I want to play for Scotland. Um, so that's why I tend to think maybe maybe not against Austria, um, but I would imagine it, at some point he will play in, in these three games, he will play two up front. Aye, he's transformed the way we play Dykes, hasn't he? I mean, he's like a focal point. He's, he's awkward to play against. The opposition fans are not going to like him. That's exactly the type of, the type of guy you want up front. Yeah, and his, his whole attitude, you know, it just, it, he leads the way. You know, he gives us all a lift, the way he's been playing. It's been absolutely fantastic to see someone up there like that. So, yeah. The other thing about um, Adams is he could probably play as a number 10, um, or even I think he has in the past played out in the left. So it might be a case of a wee bit like Ryan Fraser did in the past. He might ask Adams to play off dikes and just... Um, bearing around him rather than as a strike, as a kind of main striker. Um, so it, it's good just to have those options and to have a bit more quality um, up top because we have been crying out for it for so many years. Aye, if you're talking about the guy in form, then Adam does the guy in form because again, the other guy that's in there, I would say more as a striker option because I don't think we'll play with wingers um, due to the system that we're playing is Ryan Fraser, and I think I'd seen a start that he's. Not even had an assist for Newcastle this year. However, I'm trying to remember which game it was for us. He was terrific alongside Dykes. Was it the game? Was it? Yeah, now. <laughs> Do you remember the one he played? He was, was playing. He was playing up front with Dykes as opposed to playing kind of wide. Was it, one, was it the game before Serbia? Ah, it was, was it the Israel? Was it yeah. that, that Israel game? See, I was thinking it was that Israel game, but then we played. He never came off the bench like he was six minutes to go. Czech Republic. Czech Republic, yeah. That's it. Um, so against them, he was terrific and he offers us something different with the pace that he's got, directness. Um, I don't think he'll start, but you could, you could see always, why he might start in terms of giving us that something different. I've always liked that as a, a kind of tactic. Um, and as you say, it worked well in the Czech Republic game. I just think... It'll be it'll be dependent on what Clark really wants. If he wants pace, then uh, Ryan Fraser will be in for a shout. I just think if he's put so much effort into getting Adams into the squad, I just think you'll have to you'll feel that he wants to see him and playing, and he'll get the nod um, probably as I said, I would imagine alongside Dykes. 
Yeah, and I think we'll see them too at some point, even if it's not against Austria. It'll be at some point during the three games. I would say so. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I suppose, again, you look at the guys that are not in the squad, Shanklin and Griffiths, do you think that's them out of the game for the Euros? Or they can make a, a last push? I'm hoping they're... Well, Forrest has just come back into the, the Celtic team, so he's just recovering from injury. So it'll be interesting to see how he finishes off the season. Um, you know, he'd be a great option. And, well, Lee Griffiths, I mean, I always think if you've got Lee Griffiths in the team, you've always got a chance of a goal. Unfortunately, it's his fitness, isn't it? I just wish he could get himself fit or in the team playing all the time and let's see what he's got. I mean, after these two goals against England, he should be, <laughs> you know, like, to go from that, two goals against England and euphoria we had that day to absolutely not even get in the squad because he's not got his fitness up to scratch this year. It's a bit really disappointing that we've not got him. I mean, he should definitely be in there if he was fit. Griffiths, it took a, it took a while for Griffiths, and that's why I always say for a, for international strikers, it sometimes takes around, especially Scottish ones. I suppose I should uh, prefix that and say that it takes about twenty games for Scottish strikers to to get up to speed with international football. Um, even the likes of Kenny Miller and things like that it took them a, a long time to really start scoring kind of regularly. And then Griffiths got to that stage. Uh, with it, you know the goals against England, and he scored another couple of goals within that twelve-month period for Scotland, and then sad, sadly, you know, mental health issues, fitness issues, kicked in. But if he's ninety percent fit, I'd take him to to the Euros because he he is that kind of talismanic player that Scotland always seemed to thrive when they, when he's in and around that squad. Um, a wee bit like a kind of James McFadden uh, before him in that sense. He's, he's got that something a bit different. Uh, Shankland, it's funny because Nesbitt, as you say, is in this, this squad um, and he should maybe have been in a previous squad and Shankland started to come into a bit of form. The one thing that works in Shankland's favour, I think, is that Clark has seen him a few squads, uh, knows what he's all about. So he, I wouldn't say he's I wouldn't totally write off his chances. Um, for, Forrest, I think, is, if Forrest's fit, he's going as well. Um, I, I would imagine that Forrest will go, uh, and it's just a case of letting him build up his fitness. Yeah. One thing that I'm pleased about, no disrespect to him, but I don't think he's um, deserving of a place in the squad just now is Callum Parson. I know he's versatile, but we had him in as an attacker, and I'd rather have natural attackers in there. Um, as opposed to someone like Patterson. Um, I don't know what you guys think in that one. I think Patterson's another player who will give his all, and he's a he's a kind of tall, awkward player at times. But for me, he's just not international quality. Um, and you could probably say that about a few players that are in the squad. Um, or a, a, certainly a few fans might say that about players that are in the squad. But I think at the moment it, it is definitely worthwhile having a look at a few different faces, and he would be one of the first ones that I would have dropped from the kind of last kind of squads. I think the way the squad is, you've seen someone maybe not at you know international quality, but the way the, the squad is set up, I think virtually anyone can come into this just now and fit in. 
Well, you've got your tracksuit on, you're ready for the call up <laughs> just in case. <laughs> um, yeah, I could last one minute, you know. What I mean? <laughs> you can come on, you can come on and do the parts and don't waste time then. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Um but it's a kind of squad that you know, I think anyone could come into this and the bit about the attacking the attackers, strikers, is three months time or from now until the end of the season, if Griffiths goes on fire then I would see him coming into that squad. And I'm a great believer if someone's in form, like Shankland or whoever, they should be in. They can come into that squad and you've got your kind of main ones there. And, you know, I, I go with players in form. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, I think the issue now will be for Griffiths, though, is that he's not getting games. I don't even, yeah. He's not even getting the option off the bench, so it's no. going to be difficult. But I, again, like you guys, I'd have him in. He offers, well, he's, he's a goal scorer. But just... For free, any free kicks alone, you know, uh, yeah. in the round the box. My chance. But yeah. do you do you think though that Clark goes on for or does Clark stay with tried and trusted who's got him there? Because if we're talking about form going into this squad, I would have picked Bro eh, I would have picked Turnbull. And yeah. you're you're getting ahead of yourself, right? Because he's no a striker and I was going <laughs> well, to be in a different position, but that's fine. That's yeah, fine. I would have, I would have, you know, if I was going yeah. to play in for Scotland, I would have him there kind of number ten kind of Christie role, so almost a striker. I would have Turnbull starting just now. I think he's uh, he's that good. In terms That's of... what I'm saying. It, it, but it would be as a kind of forward-esque. I wouldn't have him in the central midfield. I'd have a wee bit slightly further forward. Um, he's the one, certainly, I thought was the, the biggest omission. I thought I know he's not been capped before, but I just think in terms of the way Celtic have improved, Turnbull's been integral to that. Um, plays well in the half turn, takes the ball well in midfield, like kind of drives well with it. Often as well, when he has a shot and goal, it's rare that he doesn't at least get it on target. Um, and I think just he looks full of confidence. That's something a wee bit different as well, the way he creates as well. We flicks and tricks, but it's not flicks and tricks with no purpose. It's usually reaches the man. So, yeah, I would have had Turnbull in definitely. Um, but, uh, I think that was a big, uh, a big surprise with the squad, wasn't it, really? He, was, he didn't get a place. So that was a bit disappointing. I think Which he makes... could still get him. I think he could, he is one though. I think could still get in. I think. I don't know. I think. I think. I think the way that the kind of squad is, and the way that he's pursued Adams, I think Clark's got a, a fair idea of what he wants and what he's going to go with, and a lot of it is going to be tried and trusted. Um, I think when you've got three games, you've got one of those against the Faroe Islands. I think if you've got a wild card like Turnbull or Gold or Gilmore, whoever people are, are, are naming, uh, Patterson, Hickey, or whatever, I think they would have had to be in the squad to really challenge for the Euros. It's the same because he's brought in Nesbitt, so that's why I think it, it, it's kind of, I would be, it's not impossible, but I, it, I would be shocked unless there's a huge in, incline in terms of some of these stats. Yeah, so you reckon. Definitely, the twenty-three comes from this squad. They go to Euros. Um, so Forest. No, Forest. Forest will. For, somebody like Forest or Griffiths or somebody that he he has had in the squad before still stands a chance. I just don't think somebody brand new necessarily stands a chance. Yeah. An example of that being Billy Gilmer. A lot of yeah. I don't. Been just a bit too early for him, unfortunately. I think. I would but, have had him. I would have had him around the squad before now. But Clark hasn't, and I, I can understand why Clark hasn't. 
and I don't see him doing it for the Euros. I don't see him just going and doing a spend Goran Eriksson in the kind of Rooney and Walcott situation. I think he'll he'll just hold off on Gilmore. Yeah, his issue has been, I think at one point we were thinking with Chelsea and Lampard, he was getting games and stuff like that occasionally. Uh, yeah. When those two shows come in and he's not even had him on the bench, really. I know he did play at the weekend in the Cup. Um, so if he'd maybe played even just the odd game here and there, I think he'd have stood a better chance. Wait, but once the, the Euros is over and the World Cup qualifiers get going again, I think hopefully he can get football somewhere, whether it's Chelsea or whether it's a loan spell somewhere. Because um, again, he's someone that offers something just, a bit different, I think. Just just to play devil's advocate there, we've got Greg Taylor in this squad and he doesn't play for Celtic. So Clark's obviously, again, this is what I'm saying about tried and, tra- tried and trusted. He, he goes into that 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 vein and I think I think he, he probably wants to play Gilmore, but he'll wait until after the Euros. I know we spoke about this off air, but Taylor, I suppose, is one guy that Clark knows well. He has featured like a, a few times for Celtic this season. He's featured a lot more than oh, he's, Gilmore he's, has. He's, and he's, he's only in there as cover. He's not featured. He's not featured a lot in the last two months. You could say that for some others. Marshall's not played for about the last month or so. No, but Marshall's been injured. No, Marshall was, you know, in McLaughlin would be the other one you'd probably point to. But again, that just kind of serves my theory of tried and trusted. Yeah, McLaughlin. I must admit, that's a surprise. But it wasn't McGregor. McGregor's not uh, making himself available for Scotland anymore because that would have been not bad three not bad goalkeepers to have. Would you give him the call or would you uh, depending on him McGregor making the contact? It's one of these it's one of these ones you kind of think some players just when they give up their international career they just want to concentrate on club football. Um, I know it's usually near the end of their career, but I kind of think it's maybe he's he's not got his heart in it anymore. Um, which is a shame in that you had an outstanding save like against Israel uh, just before he packed it in and you know that was a great save he made to keep us you know to give us the result so yeah it's a shame but I mean Craig uh, Craig Gordon 55 caps you know he's he can come in easily into the squad well and, and he could easily be playing uh, against Austria because of uh, Marshall's lack of games I think with McGregor, it would have been easier had Marshall not become the hero of the playoffs. And I think it, 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 it would upset the dynamics slightly to bring McGregor back after that. Um, personally, I would have made the phone call. I think McGregor's a better keeper out of all three um, that we've just mentioned, or four if we include McLaughlin, obviously. Um and I think it would be better for the starting lineup to have McGregor. Um, so I'd make the call and just say, listen, you would be my number one for the tournament. But I, 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 I kind of agree with Ian. I think some players probably think it's a bit disrespectful. And I think McGregor's just feels that, his, you know, it clearly feels that he's club concentrating on club um, rather than country. And I don't think you'd have suggested. Yeah, you know what? It's Latan Abrahamovic pool, where's Latan? I think just says to Sweden, right? That's me. We're ready for the tournament. Yeah, and the, the it's funny because I I can see that maybe undermining 
the Swedish dynamic because he's been away for so long um, and he does think that he's so good. Uh, so we're interested to see what happens uh, with Euro- the Euros in Sweden um, with Zlatan. Um, so I think that may have been a worry for Steve Clark in terms of, you know, Marshall is the, the, the country's hero and hasn't done anything meriting getting dropped. But then again, McGregor has shown with, you know, look how many goals Rangers have conceded. It's at 10 um, in the league and fantastic performances in Europe. So it, 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 it's, it, it's good to, to not have to worry that McGregor's not there in terms of we can't trust Marshall and um, Gordon and McLaughlin after that. And even I would suggest Liam Kelly. Yeah. Maybe it would have been different if Marshall or Gordon weren't available. Maybe yeah. then there might have been uh, an SOS. Possibility there might have been, yeah, SOS. Um, midfield, we spoke about Turnbull obviously missing out on Gilmore and Gold. I would say pretty happy with the midfield options. Obviously, you mentioned earlier, Scott, with Jack dropping out, but he's been injured recently. McTominay is listed again as a midfielder. Surely he's got to play midfield without he's been playing for Manu. Um, and also the fact probably that the fact that Jack is out because there's no one else really in that squad that's going to do that role in midfield. I don't think. I think the Jack injury is actually going to force it, and that's maybe why because Clark has hinted that that could have been an issue um, with his when he named his squad. So I think that's maybe why McTominay was put into the midfield uh, as part of the selection, and I think that might force his hand. Um, I would put him in midfield. Um, but again, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Clark feels that it wouldn't actually surprise me if Clark played him in defence for at least one or two of the games. It wouldn't surprise me if we kind of reverted back to kind of see which which suited the side more. It'd be good to see him in midfield. It'd be good. And um if, I'm trying to think who's in there, McGregor, McGinn. Um, Ryan Christie, I mean, he's been fantastic for Scotland, but it's kind of seems to have gone off the boil a wee bit. Playing with Celtic, I'm just wondering if he played too many games or or too much is expected of him just recently. I'm not sure. Well, I think I think it's, it's part of the issue is probably that everybody is apart from I suppose Turnbull and a couple of the younger players have been so out of form for Celtic, it's then hard. I think everybody kind of gets into a rut. Um, and he has, he has looked more promising for Scotland, and maybe it's a case of he gets away from Celtic and it's a bit of a fresh air back into his system. Um, so it'll be interesting. I think um, Clark will go over Christie as a kind of number 10, kind of number 8 uh, midfield. Because he has done well for Scotland in the, the, the recent past. Yeah, well, he's been outstanding for Scotland. So again, it's options, isn't it? In the the final third, because he could even play off off a striker, just off. Yeah, I've seen yeah. him do that as well. So um, we think aside from that, then McGinn's obviously a showing in midfield. He's definite. McGregor yeah. is obviously favoured by Clark. Uh, I would like to see us go with just McTominay and uh, McGinn and Christie, probably. But I think McGregor yeah. will probably start. 
And again, McGregor, this is another one probably just like uh, you're saying there, Scott, about the Celtic team. They're not all performing. None of them have really been performing consistently this year. And he's not been as good as he usually is. Um, Do we think he's going to be good for Scotland in recent games? The last set of fixtures? Not particularly. No. No, he's uh, usually been... Last season, he was a player. I mean, he's. I think he's a, obviously an outstanding player. Um, some of the passes he makes and movement... The goals he can score. It just seems to just been off it a wee bit this season, the whole season. But um again, and I you know, I, again it's a really strong midfield if we're, we're talking about whatever three out of these four, you know, all four of them are strong if we're, if we're playing. So Yeah, we'd say McLean and Fleck are probably in maybe to get some game time against Pharaohs and off the bench, I think. Mm. I think with McGregor personally what I would do is maybe drop him. And see if that's a kind of kick up the backside, plus get some rested. I think he always seems to play a phenomenal amount of games per per yeah. calendar year. Um, so I would maybe think of this as a, an ideal time to kind of put him on the bench and see if that kind of works him up into something, or at least give some, you know, time to rest. Um, because you want him to be the kind of player that he can be for the Euros and if that means dressing them here then so be it. Yeah. Again though because of the Jack injury I would imagine he probably book start. Yeah. It, it depends and as I say it depends where he plays McTominay and how he sees his, the rest of the team unfolding what kind of formation. Um, so if you go to the back I know this is an area where people have thought in the past it maybe be our weakest area but I think it's it's getting better from a Scotland point of view. If you look at Scotland form and the way they've been playing for Scotland, then it's terrific. Whereas if you look maybe at what they've been doing at club level and it's maybe not so good in certain places. Um, at right wing back, you've also got Palmer and Odoro who are both at the, the run end of their respective tables. Yeah. Would there have been a wild card maybe with Nathan Patterson or a Hickey? I know Hickey's not been playing for Bologna um, recently, but Patterson could he have got his way in maybe? Oh, I could have. He's, he's played, I think, um, not playing, not starting the Celtic game, raised a few eyebrows. Um, he did well over the two legs against Slavia Prague, I think. Um, he, he did well when he's come back game in Antwerp. Um, so he could have, but I, I think, as I say, Clark was, I think, Clark's happy enough with Palmer and O'Donnell. He knows O'Donnell very well. And Palmer has actually played well, um, some decent football for Scotland and he's been one of our better players in certain games. So I think it, it's just a case that, again, Steve Clark's decided that he's going with the trusted players. Who does he go with out of the two? For me, I think it would be Palmer. Well, that's where I would go um, out of the two. Tony goes into the middle with Palmer, I think. Playing back there. Uh, I think O'Donnell will play, but we'll see. I, I think you could flip a coin probably between the two. I don't think yeah. either of them particularly let us down. You're not uh, going to be surprised to have any picks, really. Yeah. Um, the other side, obviously, Robertson's playing left wing back. Um, so probably don't need maybe say much else, um, unless he gets rested in certain games. And then I suppose maybe does Tierney shift out there or does Taylor play against the Pharaohs? Who knows? 
depends how much he wants to change about the team. Assuming that Tierney is guaranteed to play centre back, which I think he is. Yeah, I think he, I think he is. Uh, I, I don't think he would change the central defenders too much. Um, so probably Taylor will come in for the, the fairway Islands game. So who's the other two then? Is Gallagher obviously it was outstanding in the last set of fixtures, but he's been injured recently and not getting much game time. McKenna's been injured recently as well, and only I think just came back into the side for Forest Inc. over the last three games or so. Um, does Henry or Hanley maybe start? Possibly, possibly. If you're looking the Fairway Islands game, I think Austria. He he'll go with a defence that's more familiar to us than adding to it. What do you think yourself, Ian? Yeah, well, by all accounts, Henry's been playing really well, hasn't he? So yeah. I don't think it was a surprise him coming into the squad. Um, yeah, I could see him coming in. It's just, it's really tricky because it, obviously you want to play your strongest 11 for the Austria game, then but right in the back of that, we've got Israel, and that is going to be so tough. The Pharaohs, yeah, we can look at all these other players and think we could maybe slot them in, as long as they don't get our usual Scotland way and slip up against the Pharaohs <laughs> or something crazy like that. But that should be like, should give some of the players a bit of experience in the third game. Yeah, it's, it's quite tricky because three games are quite close together. And if you look at the last two games we played against, who was it, Israel Slovakia, Scotland looks really tired. I know we just qualified, but these last two games we've lost one each. We started looking tired and we stuck to the same kind of players, so it's a tricky one. But I think there is, with the way the system plays, that you can bring players in. Hopefully, it's like a club mentality and you can bring players into these positions and everyone knows exactly what they're doing. That's what I'm kind of hoping. Yeah. And it keeps, and it keeps well, it fresh. I wonder if Hendry's brought in as the de facto all-playing defender to then move McTominay up. That could be what we see um, if we if we see Victoria going into midfield against Austria, that they might play Henry there because Henry has been. I know there's uh, people show up the video was it against Partick Thistle where it was at Celtic and he held on to the ball far too long and was turning and turning and weaving every opportunity, but he has played. I'm sure it's a back three he's playing in Belgium. And he has been one of the consistent players um, in that league. So I wonder if that's that's the thinking is that you'll play Hendry as that kind of kind of link with the midfield the McTom- that they liked with McTominay. Yeah, that's my thoughts as well. Because if you've got the like, I don't know if you could go, could you go Gallagher, McKenna, and Tierney? Would that maybe be a bit too slow think, back in terms of Gallagher and McKenna? I think you could go with it. Um, I think because I think we have kind of went with that in the past in the various um, incarnations of that kind of defence. But the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm thinking that that's why Henry's been brought in. Yeah, I would think it'd be more natural. Plus, as well, he, yeah, you can bring the ball out. He's actually played at times at fullback and keeping wing back, so he gives us something a bit different. He's playing for a team that's what top four in Belgium. Yeah, uh, the top flight. So. Could be a shout. I know you'll hear some Celtic fans saying, why on earth is he in the squad? But you've got to remember how many of them have seen him playing 
in Belgium recently. They're going by what he did at Celtic. Similar with maybe Grant Hanley, someone that's been criticised for Scotland in the past. Was it? You know, played for us, I think for the last three years. Been doing well with Norwich. So he the was thing, in the last squad though before Clark before he withdrew. He had to withdraw. The thing about um, the thing I'll say about Henry was certain Celtic fans. One, there was a reason why you paid it. It was a, a decent amount of money. Was it one point two million or something? I think it was reported to be that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a reason why you you went for that price. Brendan Rodgers was was the manager at the time, so you obviously kind of sanctioned it. And he started his Celtic career started that too pretty well. Again, it's a kind of sometimes what happens at Rodgers and Celtic is a domestic player has a couple of. FA games or the team maybe has a couple of FA games and it's domestic players that get pointed at and players lose their confidence and if they're the ones that are getting picked on week in week out they then just lose their confidence it's a bit like Charlie Adam you know he's spell at Rangers and then they go away you know Charlie Adam went to Blackpool and absolutely carved a great career for himself and maybe Hendry's went out on loan here and just that's all he needed was that new setting just to kind of just relax and realise his potential somewhere else. Exactly. And just going, if he'd been in the Celtic team this year, he probably wouldn't be in the Scotland squad right now just for the, the way the team's been playing and people on his back and everything else. So, yeah, it's been a great move by all accounts and it's getting rave, rave reviews and hopefully turning to the player potentially that he could have been in the first, you know. Ah, he's, he's 25, so he's still got plenty of time in his side to, yeah. Yeah. to do well. Um, obviously, Considine's in there, but I think Considine will be in more as cover again. Um, Liam Cooper's not in the squad, but Clark did say it's because he wasn't available for the first two games because he's carrying yeah. an injury. So whether he maybe comes in back into the for the Euros, who knows? What is his injury? It's kind of, it's kind of a bit mysterious. Not, not entirely sure, but... Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's. I don't think he necessarily would have started anyway. I, I, I still don't think if you are talking about if the Euros was getting played, like say in two weeks' time, I don't think Cooper would be in the starting lineup. But I think potentially he'd be. He'd be in the squad. I think he would be. In the starting lineup. Yeah, like uh, I think with Clark, it's becoming more evident. I would imagine as the uh, as the games go on. It, he likes players that are playing at kind of top level in the Premier League. I think it's, he sees it as the kind of top level. I think that's, you know, Cooper's coming more and more uh, into it. Um, I think he'd certainly be in the squad. I think he, I think he will be in the squad for the Euros. Um, do we think there's anyone that's missed out in defence that we would have had in, aside from... Uh, central defence? Um no, nobody's jumping right out at me, which makes me think that it's not really something. There's, I, I, there's not something I'm thinking was, definitely should have yeah. been. There was some speculation, but he's a guy I've not seen play. McIntyre at Reading, but I don't know if either of you have seen him play. He was one that was. I have, I have seen, I've seen him mentioned, and I've, I've, I've not seen enough of him to, to kind of would I wouldn't I? And I, I think the other one would have been. Uh, if we're talking right wing back, was Rooney at um, St Johnston. Johnston. Um, but he would have probably given a shout for Kane as well. I think they 
St. Johnson fans. Yeah. I wouldn't have an issue with either two of them getting a call up at some stage. Um, I just think they've kind of peaked at the kind of worst time in terms of trying to get into the squad. So from all that, if we're picking the starting lineup for last year, then we did the results in the BBC earlier website whereby you pick your best 11. I think everyone uh, was in agreement in terms of the keeper as Marshall. So that was, that's done, I think. He will go with three at the back again, yeah? I think so. Um, so who is your, your three? So I'm going to change mine from what I said originally, and I'm going to now put Hendry and instead of Gallagher and have Hendry, McKenna and Tierney. Aye, so that was my back three, was that? Again, for the reasons that you mentioned earlier, I think that uh, Hendry's the, the natural fit for that right side of the back three. Hendry, Tierney and who? Uh, McKenna. Uh, McKenna. Which is probably harsh in Gallagher in terms of what he did at the last set of fixtures, but we've got to go with what's happening now. I think maybe balance-wise, that makes it a wee bit more balanced. I don't know what Gallagher's head space is like just now in terms of he's obviously trying to get a, a move to somewhere else, I think. Uh, that could be a distraction. No, it could work. The other way, he could play and be outstanding for us because he's trying to get that move to Real Madrid to replace Ramos. And Ferran or both of them. That's how good Gallagher's going to be. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the, Scotland, the Scotland Gallagher. Uh, what about your your back three, Ian? Would you? I say it's not a bad one, but that's, it's uh, it's quite tricky. <laughs> um, who doesn't make it and who does? I was sketching stuff down earlier on, and I was thinking O'Donnell's. I was mentioning O'Donnell. I've got a bit of paper here. Gallagher, Hendry. Looking at all these players, um, and obviously Tierney. Without a doubt, I just go whoever Clark picks. Oh, yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> I don't think we've got an option. I don't think he's listening. Yeah. Um, so the you know what influence him and give him the wrong. <laughs> the, the midfield could be anything. It could be a four. It could be a five. It could even be a six. I think. Um, I've not mentioned Armstrong in midfield. I know it's a weird one because Armstrong's a guy that I think gives you goals in midfield as well and gives you something again a bit different, but. He hasn't really started much on the clock. It's a weird one because I would never really have a problem with playing Armstrong, but it just does seem to get overlooked um, and more of a player that comes off the bench uh, at the moment for Scotland. Uh, but yeah, he's a very technically a, a sound player. Uh, his performances in the Premier League have been um, pretty impressive this season. Yeah. But and as, as uh, John said, he's more than capable of picking up a goal or two. Um, I think he's more that kind of Christie role, and I think Christie edges it for Clark. I've always thought Armstrong's a clever footballer as well. Yeah. Is that because so, he had a degree? Yeah. No, I just always thought <laughs> on the pitch, I think he's, he's just always he clever at finding space. And yeah, he's running. All you ask him to do, he'll do it. Because like, for Southampton, he's playing wide midfield, he's played for us at central midfield, he's played at number 10 for us. I think even at times he's played as part of a kind of three almost, playing further up wide. Um, 
His decision, are. his decision making, and his um, choices of runs are fantastic. Uh, but... I would say yeah. So see if Christie isn't on fire or not. He's not. He's looking a bit tired. And he, if Christie's starting, it might be good for Armstrong to come on. Yeah. Similar type of player, good, at, really good at going forward, really good, good at getting goals as well. Um, that might be an option there. So, would we think it's a three in midfield, as opposed to we've, we've covered uh, it? I, backs, I know they are. But... Yeah. So, so I've got two wing backs. So I've got kind of four midfield, but two of them are wing backs. So it's. Yeah. Uh, and then I've got kind of two set central kind of holding midfielders, and then one pushing forward. Aye. Uh, well, I, I just went with the two, and apart from your wing backs, I went for just McTominay and McGinn. Yeah, uh, so that's my two central kind of holding players. But I suppose the way that my, my system is set up, the players that I've got in and around Dykes could drop in and be a 10 or whatever and different things. Yeah. Um, so Christie's in my team as well. I know he's not been doing well for Celtic, but I think Clark trusts him. Scott in form, he is one of those. He's one of the few in our team that can offer something different, creative, go by a man. And also he's a threat from set pieces um, as well. So... No McGregor on your team. Did you see McGregor there? No. I wouldn't have McGregor. Like at the moment, I wouldn't. Uh, I think Clark will play him though. I think Clark will play him. He won't go with our three-four-three system that I've got in mind. Um, I think it'll be McGregor, McGinn, McTominay with Christie in front. I think Christie will be in the team. Yeah. yeah. He might not. Maybe Clark will surprise and Christie won't be in the team. Um, but yeah, I just have the feeling that Christie will be in. Just down to what he did in the last games, you know. I think he'll get a shout as well. Tommy in midfield, McGregor, and then you've got McGinn as well, and then Christie. Because um, I had a front of Christie, Fraser, and Dykes. Because again, I like Fraser's pace. Yeah. And the fact he's hard to pick up if he's playing as almost a striker, but not a striker. Yeah. Maybe I like a kind of almost like a free roll where they can go and run either channel, which he did the terrific effect against the Czech Republic. Well, I put She, She, the She, She, the Fraser, the Fraser and uh, She. So Dykes on the bench for you just now. You could bring him on. That's fair enough. I know it's fair enough. Aye, it's. Uh, Do you go Dykes and Adams up? Top. Yeah, I've got Christie playing behind Dykes and Adams. Yeah, because I think the I've, thing about the thing about Dykes and why I would start Dykes is because you get more from him starting than you do from him coming off the bench. In terms of he'll run defences ragged, he'll win headers, he'll kind of bully opposition players. So I, I would say that's his um, best attributes. And then I can see Adams. Coming in deep, going to the left, um, playing in and around them as a kind of a free kind of second striker. Yeah, I suppose a lot might depend on how we are matched up against them. We're not going to match up against them because supposedly recent fixtures that they played they were four two three one or variations of that. So they look a very they look a very good team. Like, uh, kind I, of yes. up and coming squads. One of those ones that can kind of turn into, you know, the kind of Belgiums and Denmarks of the past in terms of um, 
So I'm not overly um, enthusiastic about having both them in Denmark in our group. A week ago, I would say we were pretty excited because we thought the full Bundesliga contingent were unavailable. And then I think it was maybe yesterday yeah. that we get the shout to say, nah, they're, they're all fine. I think they've got 14 players in the Bundesliga. And the, yeah, I mean, the Bundesliga, to, in my view, is probably the best league. Um in terms of competitiveness and level, maybe the, uh, the English Premier League is obviously good, but Bundesliga is up there. So when you consider the guys that they've got, we know all about David Alaba, um, who's if not world class, no far off it. No, he is um, world class. He is world class. You don't play for Bayern Munich the amount of times he does, and then once he going to Real Madrid in the summer, the the talk is and stuff like that. You know, he is world class. I think. But, uh, but he plays a different position for what uh, Austria and Raiders as club. Yeah. He likes to play, prefers to play midfield there. Um, you get Sabitzer, who's at Leipzig, second in the Bundesliga. Midfielder that just dictates play and versatile. You can also chip in with goals as well. So you got likes of him. The big thing is the experience they've got at the back. Centre-back, you've got Dragovic and Hintreger, who have between them about 150 caps. So loads of experience there. Which is totally opposite from us. Yep. Um, you've got Lainer at Munchen Gladbach, who's pretty much plays fullback for him, but again, can play midfield, good experience um, as well. So, And then the one thing up front, they've maybe not got a lot of goals because Arnogdovich isn't in the squad, but they've got a boy who's playing for Stuttgart that's got 13 and 25. Yeah, Sasa Kladzic. So yeah. I don't know whether he'll start for them. He might not it, because... But I, I hope he doesn't. Danger. I hope he doesn't because he is—he looks um, the type of player who would cause us problems no end. Um, very tall, good and you know he can score with headers, but he's also good in the deck. Um, very good ball control. He would worry. He would worry me. Uh, and I think you know he's got 13 Bundesliga goals. I think he's somebody who's going to being a, a bigger move is going to be in his kind of future um, and to have that is prob- quite possibly not your number one striker is kind of a bit worrying for us Yeah, they went with a wild card in their squad as well, a young guy, Yusuf Demir that's getting linked with, moved to likes of Juventus and stuff like that, I don't think he's someone that will play but he's certainly in the squad for them to have a look at um, 17 years old so an interesting one to look out for in the future I was feeling really confident when we were <laughs> And I was thinking, <laughs> well, this is really strong. Is this should be then just now? Well, if we, we can we can look at it in terms of our last group. Okay, they have qualified for the Euros, but they lost three games along the way. So there's our positives. They lost to Israel. Yeah. They lost well, at that, home to... They, they, lost lost a, they lost to Israel doesn't really fill me up with much confidence because they're kind of almost a bogey team for us. But that's good though, because if Israel can beat them, maybe they'll get the victory against them instead of us. <laughs> right, okay. But that's my thinking. That's your thinking, um, right? They lost to Latvia. Yeah. As we well. get something from that game, the first game, because we're playing Austria, um, Israel played Denmark. This is where you want Israel to sort of play good and then play... Not so good when they play us, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, the first games, it's, you know, a lot can happen just in the first couple of results, the, way the results, games I, go. I like the fact that it's our first game. I would have hated it being Austria in a third game, especially with, with 
you know, the last time we played three games um, quite close by, we struggled in the third game, just fitness and the things like that. I, I like the fact that it's in Glasgow as well um, for the first game. And there has been uncertainty with their squad and our players have that extra belief now that they've qualified for the Euros. Um, and I would like to think that they've got some fire in the belly to kind of make that squad. Um, so although I've just talked all straight up, um, I, I don't feel as um, negative about Scotland as I would have been in previous campaigns because although Austria are a very good outfit, Steve Clark has made us harder to beat and we have got players now that I think can finish off chances. So it would not be the realms of possibility for us to get a win here. Yeah. Now, the whole COVID thing, it does put it into question like international football or all, all sporting events. So when it looked like they were coming with just you know, none of the German base players. You know, it was, was looking really unfair. Advantage for us. Um, yeah. We offered then, to swap it, though, supposedly. We yeah, offered to actually swap, which is, we didn't need to do. Yeah, I know. I thought, so I thought that was really good. And they, d- they didn't want to do that because they wanted the, hoping the crowd would be yeah uh, at their home game when it comes. So from going from being, thinking it's really unfair, like getting the final out, they're all coming yesterday. I was like, oh, more. <laughs> so it's going to be tough, but it'll be really, this is a good indicator for the Euro finals. You know, the Czech Republic, Croatia, England. You know, we're going to have to play really strong teams. Mm-hmm. So this is a really good indicator, a test. But, you know, how, how where are we? Because we went, uh, it was nine games, eight wins, one draw, nine games unbeaten, went a really good run. A bit tired and jaded the last two games. So let's see what we've got now. Coming in, you know, the season's in full swing. We should be at our peak. So let's see. Yeah, that's a good indicator. And it's a, it's a very uh, intriguing prospect in terms of when this uh, fixture lies uh, in the whole landscape. Because it's for the first time that I can remember, we've got a qualifying game just ahead of a tournament. So these players do have to have that tournament in their mind and to, qual- to qualify um, into that squad, they have to keep their their levels up because you know that's the other thing about having your your Che Adams, your um, Jack Hendry's um, in this squad is that there are a couple of new faces there that well actually our our place isn't nailed down just yet so we have to prove ourselves again in these three games so it's intriguing that you've got these qualifiers before the Euros because. You still have that chance. You know, this is your last chance to prove yourself for the Euros. I think it's been it's been quite good that there's been lots of competitive games. I, I look back at uh, Bertie Volts, and I think a big downfall for him was he played we played all these friendlies and experimented with millions of players, and he got everybody was just wanting the results, and it kind of all backfired on him. All the goodwill. Um, so it's quite good that we're playing competitive games. It makes players actually have to take it serious as well. Yeah, and they're not thinking, oh no, I've been called up to play for Scotland again. You know, hopefully that. Well, actually, it looks like the players we've got now are all fighting the team spirit. I mean, you just need to see them going up the tunnel after uh, beating Serbia, and they're all singing, "We'll be coming down the road," and they're all partying in the, you know, the infamous, "Yes, so we can boogie." <laughs> so it does seem to be a brilliant, you know, squad feeling they've got. So hopefully, hopefully they'll all be right up for it. 
Definitely. Um, obviously, we've got Israel just after that away. So from the first two games, what we expecting, hoping, we're obviously hoping for six points. So that's a daft question to that part of it. But realistically, we're thinking what four points out of six would be, would be happy. Oh no, John! I was hoping for two points. Well, you were hoping for two. Aye, <laughs> that, well, that's your that's your negative football. That's like going back to your six aside team, five at no, the back or something like that. That's just pointing out the ridiculousness of your question. Uh, I, I would be content with four points, but I would really be hoping that we're pushing for six after the first two games. What's wrong with nine? Because we're all aye, playing the two games first, and then we're, then we're, we're kind of taking, aye, taking uh, Pharaohs for granted, but that's... They're separate, because oh, we've got another podcast before that, Ian. Well, right, sorry for the two then. That's why you never said nine points. Aye. It's really tricky, isn't it? Um, yeah. I think, we'd, I think we'd be happy with four. But I just imagine we got off to a really flying start. We got the win. And then Israel, we're neck and neck with Israel, so we could go anyway. If we got a wee victory over there, that'd be lovely. Yeah, maybe when the group was drawn, we should have just gone to Israel. Look, we played each other enough. Let's have one win each. Three points each. There we go. Sorted. Why? When Take we can beat games. them twice. What's that? Why when we can maybe beat them twice? Maybe. That's your know. negative negative thoughts. Oh, we can beat. We can definitely beat them. Compare on it. We know each other too well. Oh, we could definitely be. It'll be the game maybe where by yeah. formation and all that maybe ends up being a bit different to try and surprise them because we know each other that well. I think it's a case of I think it's a case of who's better on the night and if Scotland are fully concentrated. I think sometimes people forget, especially the last time we played that show, we were a wee bit uh, it was, was it straight after the Serbia game. So it was kind of. Is that the last time we played Israel? Was that straight after the Serbia game? Right. So so that was no. that's even even yeah. is even worse. That was the third game after the good performance against Slovakia, although we did get a victory and. The, the Serbia um, euphoric fantastic win so you know I, I don't think I would like to see us now playing Israel a bit fresher and a bit more as I say we've still got that confidence so I, I, I don't see why we couldn't beat them um, away from home I think it's always been quite close against Israel I don't think there's ever been I think the way people have thought about Israel, Israel in the past, it should be a walkover. They've never really been that at any time. So it will be difficult, but we can beat them, definitely. And I, I think any team playing us, we're not going to get many goals against us, unless you're a Belgian or a you know, top team. But Israel, no, you can beat them. Ever the optimist? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we... Sp- I mean, do we think Israel are even in the... I suppose they're in the reckoning for qualifying as much as we are, aren't they? Yeah. They all certainly think so. Sure. So predictions score on Thursday. 
<laughs> Nobody wants to say anything. <laughs> I'll be getting off that flyer. Right, we spoke it. We're all confident. We're all confident at the start of the podcast. We're looking forward to it. Nobody wants to jinx it. Nobody wants to jinx it with a result. We'll be, ha- we'll be happy with four points or six points, and then we're like, oh, fuck, we need to pick a score. Now, now, now it's getting real. Right. What about a really confident 2 0 victory against Austria to get us off to a flyer? There we go. Goran for his first cap. And deal them to the Tartan army. And yeah, that's it. Just a 2 0 victory. Get a bit of luck. Scotland have had a bit of luck on the on the route. But yeah, if we can keep a bit of luck and turn into one of these lucky teams instead right, of two now. Instead of unlucky. And that is a huge I want in fact I don't even that a, that's a that's a pause out prediction. I might go and put something on that. One of the odds are <laughs> I I would say one now. Yeah, I'll go 1-0. Um, as well. I don't know if I'm quite ready for the, the glamour of scoring two goals just now. Oh, if we score two goals, I think we'll concede a goal. That's the only issue I've got with scoring two. Um, I, I think it'll be a, a typically nervy encounter, but really hard to beat. And uh, yeah, we'll get, we'll get a goal. Really, really tough game. That's at home. That's a good thing. I know there's no fans and all that type of thing, but still, it's just familiarity and all that. And aye, aye. Let's go for it. Let's get a good start. Yeah. You always need a good start to these campaigns. And home fixtures are key. And we said back when the draw was made, be a fortress at Hamden. Maximum points. You're in with a right good shout. Yeah. Exactly. So if we get off to a good start, I'll go, even with your 1-0, I'll take that as well, right? And if you get the away result in Israel, that, and then obviously the Pharaohs, we should not slip up there. So, Aye, what, famous last words, Ian. Famous last words. So what a start that would be. Is uh, Hamden an automatic uh, fortress just now? Because nobody's allowed in it. Well, the players are allowed in. The security. <laughs> uh, we'll Do you think we'll have fans here for the Euros? Oh, No. I don't think we will. But I'm being negative. This is where my negativity comes in. <laughs> um, and I've, I've said it since about six months ago. I just think, yeah, I don't think. I think there's a chance, but it all depends on what happens in Europe and how that translates over here. I think if, it, if, it, if everything goes the way it's going just now, we'll have maybe 30%, 40%. But if we suddenly get another spike, then no. And I, I don't agree with UEFA's tactics in the whole situation because at the moment Europe's in dire straits in some countries, and I've, you know quite a few of them that have got um, host cities. You're talking, about, to, you're talking about dire straits. I'm thinking first wave, second wave. The last time we had that, this many waves, it was a new wave in the eighties. <laughs> uh, so, but I think I think um, I think UEFA tried to. Demand teams, uh, countries have fans in stadiums uh, is a very poor PR move and very, um, very much against the old ethos of fans um, are the most important thing about football because Budapest is suffering just now and you know even places like Amsterdam aren't at, at their best so. 
Paris is in lockdown again, are they not? Paris, Paris is in, like, Paris lockdown. Is in lockdown, Italy Germany, is in lockdown. Italy, I think Spain are struggling again. Um, so I actually think it's funny because of the way it's all been, because you know Dublin and uh, Glasgow have been the ones that have been reluctant to say yes. Um, but I think Glasgow could actually be the best chance at you know Glasgow and uh, London and possibly Dublin but you know I I, I I would hope but I'm not I'm not entirely certain you know what could our favour when flying's banned and we are quite easy for getting to our games because we can just drive all our players up to up to Hamden it'll be fine or down to Wembley whereas it'll be a hard push for Croatia and Czech Republic getting here in cars yeah the whole thing I think that the fact that UEFA wants 30%, countries to commit to 30%, I think they put it back to the 20th of April, they want that decision. I, I don't think that should be put onto governments or anything because, as you all know, about the waves, the new waves and all the rest of it, it's, anything could happen and it really is. It's people's life we're talking about. It's just, this is where I think they should, they're going to get the spot, if the football games go ahead, they'll get the sponsorship money and the TV revenue and everything else. And I think they should bail out. You know, they they shouldn't be looking for the fans' money to run this competition. Health should come first, and that's why they should dip into some of their funds that they've got stashed away over the years. Well, how many times the UEFA and FIFA preach to governments not to step in uh, to football, the footballing side of you know politics and football don't mix, and yet when the rules are reversed and we're talking about a, a pandemic, with public health. Suddenly, they're trying to demand that countries ensure that there's a certain amount of fans going in when transmission's still high in these places. It's ridiculous. Well, we suppose we'll be in the pubs in June, won't we? Um, aye, but uh, from what I've read as well, well, you see all these things, masks and distancing is going to be in place for ages. So we'll all be sitting down in the pub watching a game. Outside, sit, outside. Outside it is easier in terms of transmission rates and stuff like that. So yes, while masks and stuff, I think that's probably going to be longer for inside stuff. Yeah, it's going to be here for a while, unfortunately. Anything else you want to cover about the Scotland games, the upcoming games, or just maybe a quick thing about you know I think the SFA announced that the uh, the Scotland national team will stand by the rest of Scottish football in terms of the Glen Kamara racism incident from last week, which I think will be a, a, a lot of good step um, if they can, if we can kind of, again, push UEFA into actually being morally um, uncorrupt um, and look at things. Um, I think I've been quite vocal about the Glen Kamara situation. I've been watching him for, what, two or three years in Scotland and it is, he is one player who never seems to react, who never seems to get into any flashpoints and stuff. And you could tell by his look in his face that something was said that wasn't um, UFing guy. Um, that was, you know, that that's kind of um, smacks of a wee boy getting caught and changing his story quite quickly and panicking. Um so I'm glad that the SFA and the Scottish national team um, have going to come out with that statement. Yeah, let's hope. It'd be nice to see UEFA back that type of stuff, though, because we've seen before UEFA's punishments for racism and racist 
incidences pretty poor. Maybe it's going to take a footballing collective of players to say, listen, see if one week of the Champions League, but they're, just, they're not going to turn up for one fixture, for one round of fixtures. We're not going to do it because you're not taking us seriously, so why should we put money in your pockets? Something like that might have to come into force. It's absolutely disgusting. Um, disgusting behaviour. Right that, I thought it was a nice touch with Scott Brown. Uh, went over and showed his support. And I think with all the talk about Celtic and Rangers and it obviously gets hyped up before every game, will there be a guard of honour and all the kind of negativity surrounding a lot of the old firm there? Yeah. I can't call it the old firm, sorry. <laughs> the Glasgow Derby. What? <laughs> Was it not? Did Rangers not tweet though? Old Firm United. No, I never no, saw. But, it. Yeah. No, but, but Rangers, Rangers can call it the Old Firm, and Celtic can call it the Glasgow yeah. Derby. No, the the two shall not meet anymore. Yeah, so, that's what must be feeling left out. The whole Glasgow Derby <laughs> stuff. Yeah, Glasgow. So, but out of that, I thought that was actually puts it all perspective. I was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, that for me, that was worth. A million times more than any guard of honour could have been. Yeah, I thought that was really nice, and it's because it's just getting sometimes it football and all the tweets and slagging between supporters. It does get pretty. Um, yeah. Pretty a guard. Yeah, so. A guard of honour is a kind of sanitised product from elsewhere that just again dilutes the passion of football, whereas that Scott Brown gesture was. Uh, unique and um, heartfelt, genuine gesture, and that's why it, it meant so much. And that's why the pictures went round the world was because it was genuine and it was needed. Yeah, agreed. I do. I saw something on the news tonight. Uh, I think Morelos has been racially abused online. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's some random or not, but. I mean, online, surely they can crack down on the people that do that. They, can't, they shouldn't remain anonymous. Yeah, there was the Alex Dyer incident really recently that they convicted a guy of, they, they found out who it was. So, was it, interestingly, was it last week or maybe last week or so, again, there's been calls for in social media that there needs to be some verification process for you to join social media because there's so many troll accounts that go on there just for the purpose of abuse. Exactly. Um, Twitter, I remember Twitter used to be a, a nice place where folk were like friendly and follow Friday and all that type of thing, whereas now you look on it, I just follow my list, things that I'm interested in, I try not to read. Oh, it's toxic. It, it's it's horrible. Um, I don't use Facebook anymore and haven't done it for a few years, but I believe Facebook's even worse than it, it was when I left. Um, so yeah, social media, they, they need to sort themselves out. Unfortunately, it doesn't bring the best out in a lot of people, which is... As you say, you just got to leave certain groups if all that's going on and it doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't do anything for your mind reading all that. Oh, definitely not. But back to positivity, Scotland. Yeah. Six points out of two games. <laughs> Six points out of two. <laughs> out of two with a 2 0 start or a 1 0. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. It's weird that we've like become so confident in our defence nowadays. But like, no worries, clean sheet. Oh no, I'm saying we're going to win 1-0, but hang, hang on right in there until the end. Uh, 
we'll, we'll get punished, but we'll survive. Aye. No, I, 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 I think it'll go. It's going to be, yeah, nerves. No fingernails left. So, but yeah, uh, we shall be back next week to cover the two games. And let's hope we're still as positive as we are tonight. Or we'll be talking about a possible fin- uh, fairway runs victory. We'll be, t- we'll be talking about the campaign's over. <laughs> the campaign's over. Well, like I was saying, if, the fa- if we beat the fairways, we're back in it. Because <laughs> it's a must win. Must win. Must win against the fairways. We've well got the goal difference against the fairways. Uh, right. Cheers, guys. Right. Thank you. It was lovely talking to you. All the best. Yeah. <laughs>